this episode. NFL is American football, gridiron. Widely regarded as the greatest quarterback of all time. 43 years old. <laughs> right? He's not a very desirable draft pick. No, so quick thinking, ability to improvise. And anyway, those things cannot be tested. Things. We're really bad at assessing potential. Pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. Uh, you know, I, I would extend that also to our desire to control things can yeah. often lead us to assessing only those things that we can see, not, not the things that actually make a difference. Yeah, right. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan, And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. Now, I believe, Mark, you've got a story for us. I guess that's what this whole podcast is about, right? Um, one out of the sport repertoire, I believe. Mm, yes, even though I'm reluctant to use sports stories at times because they're not appropriate for everybody, but they, are, uh, they can be used to make a, a point. So anyway, I'm you're going to, to you're going to sally forth anyway. Yes, sally forth into the uh, into the the realm of sports stories. All right. So, uh, and this story is about how we love to control thing, things and and uh, you know we make good decisions, but sometimes we're not so good at doing that. And this is about an uh, an NFL player, um, a National Football League player called Tom Brady. Um, so Ameri NFL is American football, gridiron. And so uh, on the 2nd of April, a, one of the a football card sold for 2.5, sorry, 2.25 million US dollars. And uh, so each year they, they produce playing cards. You know, we, every player gets a card and they sign it. And kind of like people... trading cards. Well, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's like trading. Yep. or something and, you know, you, yeah. you trade. Hey, can I have your Tom Brady for my... Whoever your favorite. That's it, is. Uh, and I mean, I remember doing it as kids with yeah. uh, with Aussie Rules cards. Anyway, the 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 card that sold for two point two five million was the rookie year card, so year two thousand card for Tom Brady. Right. So Tom Brady is a quarterback. Um, he is rated a you know he's widely regarded as the greatest quarterback of all time, okay. and uh, he has won seven Super Bowls. And he was most valuable player in five Super Bowls. And he recently, you know, he played 20 seasons with one club and then he recently changed clubs to last year to uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And lo and behold, they won the, 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 the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, 43 years old, right? <laughs> 43 years old and he's the it, most valuable player. Imagine the being the manager of that team thinking, that was a good decision. It <laughs> <laughs> was a good call to give him a bit of a contract. Yeah. And uh, anyway, like he's broken every record and, yep. and he's the um, amazing. When he was, uh, he, he finished college in 1999. And so he was in the 2000 draft. Yeah. And so all the, the, the players who are part of the draft, uh, they gather together at this in the, uh, they, they gather together at single location and all the teams and all the scouts and all the experts come along and they make the decisions about who they're going to pick in the draft. Right. And the players get put through a kind of a standardized battery of tests, you know, physical and mental tests in a standardized setting. And 
they, uh, those people that have got superior measurable qualities like size and speed and strength, they get a better score and they're more desirable in the draft. You know, Tom Brady, um, he was okay, but he wasn't particularly strong. He wasn't particularly fast. He wasn't particularly athletic. His scores in the cognitive tests were, you know, they were okay, but not, not extending. Anyway, as a result of all this testing and of the assessments of these experts, he gets downgraded. He's not a very desirable draft pick to the point where he is the 199th person picked in the draft, right? He's like an afterthought. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like um, uh, all of these experts, all of this testing showed that he was just, yeah, he was okay. And, you know, he got picked 199. Uh, yeah, it's now people look at it and go, well, he was the most, you know, he's the best value draft pick of all time. Yeah. I can, you know, because he didn't get, he didn't get paid very much being 199th draft pick. Anyway, point here is that they were testing size, speed, strength, cognitive ability. Uh, these were not the things that set Tom Brady apart. The things that set him apart were his tactical ability, his tactical awareness, uh, his ability to make decisions under pressure and to execute them under pressure. You know, so quick thinking, ability to improvise. And anyway, those things cannot All be tested. those things, yeah. yeah. And so despite all of our efforts, we're really bad at assessing potential. And uh, this applies not just for the NFL, but uh, but also in business. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it sort of reminds me of uh, you know, the experience my father had in the Marines, right? Because he was saying that the guys would go through boot camp, you know, and he went through boot camp. And they knew, you know, the biggest, burliest, you know, strongest guy who could jump over all the different, uh, you know, sort of uh, obstacles that were putting in their course didn't make, was no indicator of how they would go in a, in a military war setting, right? And the only way they could tell is after the fact, like after they went back. And that's why they would always ask, oh, how many tours have you done, you know? They wanted to know that. And that from that, they sort of made these assessments and obviously what happened in, the, in those situations. Forecasting is bloody hard, isn't it? I mean... Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. It's like that movie Hacksaw Ridge where the, the guy who was like, people thought he was a coward. Yeah. was actually yeah. the bravest. Yeah, that's, that's right. Based on and a true drag, story, right? Dragging all those people <laughs> off the field. Yeah. The fact that he was a, a pacifist and didn't like, you know, didn't, you know, was religious and you know, refused to kill anybody did not make him a coward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that was a, that was a great movie actually. The um, the other thing that springs to mind is that work uh, that was done on forecasting. You know, there was uh, the book called Super Forecasters. I'm just mm -hmm. forgetting the guy's name now, but his work pretty much showed that you know when you ask experts to have an opinion on something, that you know, I think he famously said it was an equivalent of asking chimpanzees throwing darts at a dartboard. You know. Your, your likelihood of a good outcome was, you know, an equivalent level, if you like. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. That's a good, it's a good example of it, though, and a good reminder. It is bloody hard, hard to do. So let's let's go. Let's have a look at the story. Let's pick this story apart a little bit and see what uh, jumps out for us. Uh, so, what what bits do you? Um, what bits do we like? I suppose let's start in the standard, standard way. Um, 
I know for me, one of the things is the pop culture reference of the playing cards, you know, the trading cards. I think that's a great way to give a bit of a sense of the value of Tom Brady, right? But, you know, the, his rookie card is getting sold for over $2 million. That's $2 million US dollars as well. So, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's a substantial sum of money. That's a substantial sum, yeah. So I thought that was, that's a nice, and you sort of pulled, I mean, you could have easily told the story without putting that in, but it, it would have a slightly different feel to it, I think. Yeah, and so uh, one of the things that I like about this story is you can tell it. I mean, I told quite a lengthy version there, but you yeah. could tell that story in just a few seconds. In fact, I, I, I saw this on Twitter. So, right. you know, less than 140 characters. And the tweet was something like, Tom Brady was the 199th draft pick in his, in his rookie year, uh, 2000. We are really bad at assessing potential. <laughs> Right. So I saw that and I went, oh, yeah, because like that, that's a story, right? That, yeah, that it's little... just a little inst- beginning of a story or it gets you thinking about the fuller story, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so one of the things I like about it is you could actually tell that story in a really short, Yeah, you can make it really uh, condensed. You could drop it into any conversation, really. Yeah. Whenever the point comes up around... Uh, predictability and forecasting and all that good good stuff yeah our data shows that this person's going to be good and it's like well you know and even i mean i think one of the other things too is that just how broad broadly known tom brady's name is like in australia we really don't follow nfl football right but i would say a lot of australians wouldn't kind of maybe know Tom Brady's name or heard it in some way or another. We do get a lot of American television here. So, um, so you know, as, a, as something that's relatable, I think it hits the mark there, right? Yeah. For Americans, it's going to be very relatable. I mean, the guy's... Oh, of course, because he's... Yeah. Yeah. Almost... It'd be, be hard. It'd be very hard to live in America and not know who the Tom name Brady Tom Brady. Was. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that, that I like about it is it kind of triggers me to remember uh, a, a couple of things that, that hap- have happened in my uh, life. And uh, I remember I was doing a project back in 1999 or thereabouts. And part of, you know, we, we set up this, it was a vendor management cell and I needed a bunch of people to do some pretty routine stuff. And so we sat down and we thought about what are all the criteria that we need because we needed to, you know, have assessment. We need to have criteria for the position and, you know, what the role is going to be and advertise it. And so we got hundreds of applications for maybe four or five positions. And uh, I had, you know, one of my jobs was to read all these applications and decide who we interviewed. And so there were some people who were, you know, like they're, they're really, really qualified. And so they were no brainers, but I got this one from a lady who was, she didn't have, many of the uh, the many of the the criteria uh, but her little covering letter um, was was nicely written and it was very kind of approachable but around the the margin of the of the sheet of paper she'd written in tiny little in, handwritten pick me pick me pick me pick me all the way around the top <laughs> the side the bottom and back up right? and, and I'm like oh this anyway I, I 
chose her to have an interview. She was fabulous. So she got one of the jobs. And about six months later, when I had finished setting up that entire cell, yeah. uh, I appointed her as the manager of the cell and she was right. terrific. Wow. Right? That's great, and isn't it? She didn't have the she didn't have the criteria. No. But she had there was something about her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. I, you know, you, you miss it out. And then the, you know, the the flip side, because there's this real move at the moment in business to okay, it's got to be evidence based and it's got to be based on the data and and you know, less you know, and then they they refer to Moneyball and how they focus on the data and they got rid of those old fogies who were just um, you know going by their gut feel and intuition etc. And of course, our friend uh, Gary Klein uh, has written a number of articles on the myth of Moneyball. You know that. You know, he was sort of saying that those guys are not just a bunch of guys who know nothing. They've seen lots and lots of patterns. You know, they have seen like so. They're not coming in just like any anyone from the field. They're coming in as someone who's seen a lot of of baseball. Anyway, it's kind of like trying to get that mix right. You got to. Yeah. I think you've got to have a bit of both, right? It's just like anything in life. Um, cool. Okay. Well, what do you reckon then? Uh, anything else that we want to? pick out in terms of that story of uh, what we liked. I think it's a simple story. So um, what about things, what about things that we think you could, could improve in that story? Well, any ideas? Next well, version? I, yeah. I, I told that story in that particular way for, for the podcast and uh, that it would be hard to, if you just listen to that once or twice it will be hard to tell the same version. Yeah, the 2.25 million and the 1.32 million and the... Yeah. Right, yeah. So, so that makes it harder, you know, all the data. But you don't, obviously, you don't need that to tell no. a version of the story that's, that's quite impactful. Yeah. Um, and again... Exactly. So, it's one of those so, data point type stories. You can, you can sort of say, so you, know, you have any conversation about prediction and you sort of say, yeah, it's bloody hard, you know, uh, uh, you just take Tom Brady as an example. The guy got picked at in his draft as the 199th pick, right? They had no idea. And then he goes on to where he is now. I mean, that's amazing. Yep. There, that's the story, right? It's like it's almost like two sentences, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. I and, and actually I, I think that there'd be one one more really important point about that, and that is that that he's he just won a, a Super Bowl at 43. Right, the ling- the longevity, like not just his talent and his achievements, but the fact that he's still doing it. He's forty three. Yeah, I like. I actually the bit that I really liked, which I found probably the most surprising bit out of the story, is that he moved to the new team, and then they win the Super Bowl. I like to me that's like, <laughs> you know, who knows if it's causal or you know, or uh, you know, it's just a a correlation, but. Uh, you would think that uh, he had something to do with it, right? You would think. <laughs> and you would think that the person, as you said, the person who made that call is kind of walking around going, yeah, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> that was me, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm, yeah, a story like this is, you know, it's like I was, I was, before we got onto the podcast, I was talking about, you know, some of those basic story structures, you know, like man in a hole, um, where you start off, you know, someone's life's good, everything's going well, they get into a hole, things are bad, and then they get out of the hole, you know, and and we love those ups and downs, whereas this story is just like from down to up, 
you know there's yep and so not that you can change a story to um but you know if he could find a you know a couple of ups and downs in his career maybe that would make it a more interesting story if you if you felt you needed to take a longer you know run at it you know sort of to, to tell a broader story you know, yeah you'd, you'd find a time where he had got injured and everyone was worried that yeah you know, well that's actually really good because in 2008 he missed a lot of the 2008 season with a knee injury and right. uh and there was also this big controversy uh, that he was involved in where he was suspended and it all it went to the kind of the, the Supreme court or something to, and he was suspended for four games for some, something. And it was all, it was all like, it was this huge thing, court cases and stuff. And anyway, he's, you know, he eventually just gave up on all that served his time. And then he comes back in the first game back, he throws, you know, his most valuable player throws record scores, brings his team back, from an impossible position and yeah, <laughs> out of nowhere. Uh, good. Okay. Well, let's, what about um, how we use it, Mark? What do, you, what do you reckon? Is this a, you know, sort of mainly around the issue of prediction and forecasting? So well, how you'd use it? Yeah. So I, 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 I think that that's a really good application for it is that our ability to predict and forecast is limited Um uh, you know, I, I would extend that also to our desire to control things can yeah. often lead us to assessing only those things that we can see, not not the things that actually make a difference. Yeah, right. Yep. And maybe around decision-making in general, you know, people who love to fall back on process and you go, ah, okay, so there's a process for the NFL and selecting players and the process said that Tom Brady was no good. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. It was um, only, yeah, vaguely good. Yeah. yeah. In fact, a rem- and, and now that I've said that, it reminds me I could use that in the same way that I use the 9-11 story about the, the, the head of the Federal the Aviation Authority uh, comes into work on his first day and it's 9-11 and he makes the call. They get the, the, the 5,000 planes on the ground in four hours and in the post-assessment where they're going, what's the process we need to put in place? They actually decided there was no process that could help. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a, a a problem that can be solved by process. Um, it was solved by by collaboration. Yes. Yeah, and keeping people connected. Yeah. yeah. And so you know, if people are pr- proposing a process solution to something that is a complex problem, I might go, "Hey, well, picking NFL players in a draft is a complex thing," and da da da. But the process doesn't help. Well, the process didn't help with yes. Tom Brady. I suspect you know. All those guys and gals who are involved in picking players in the in the draft would know that their pick is, you know, something that they they're not going to be able to control the myriad of things that could potentially happen to either make a player succeed or fail, and you know it's just this one step along the way because they must for every Tom Brady there'd be another you know umpteen number of people who have a similar trajectory you know where. Mm. or the opposite where they thought they were going to be the absolute number one pick fantastic player and they go nowhere right yep it it would have to be similar sort of uh craziness yeah that's a good one i like it that's the one to to put in the, the back pocket but we should rate it all right well i told the story so it's you get to get get the rating well, I, I would give it as a, for me, it's a, 
it's a simple story to tell that makes a good point. I would give it an eight. Oh, an eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, again, for the same reason, simple story makes a good point. Um, I'm just thinking in terms of utility, though, I would give it a seven. And when I say utility, you know, it's a number of times you use number of times you could use it or yeah. number of times I might use it. But yeah, yeah good story. I really like it. And I, I will use it. I've already told it once this morning. Um, and uh, and what effect did the story have when you told it, Mark? Ah, I, I, I use it uh, in a conversation to demonstrate how uh, you you can use story to make a point. <laughs> of course and, you did. <laughs> and, and I said, ah, oh, you know, da, da, da. somebody might say, you know, we've got this system for, for you know, we've got this process for, for picking talent. And I said, well, maybe, may, maybe uh, that process isn't universally applicable, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, um, yeah. Actually, one of the things that I've been thinking about recently is that sometimes I hear from people who are learning storytelling, they go, oh, gee, this is a lot of hard work. You know, you've got to find the stories. You've got to learn how to tell it. And, and I said, well, part of it is the easy way is just to talk off the, off the top of your head with opinions and, you know, points of view. Uh, but that's only easy for the speaker, right? It's not easy for your audience. And what you're doing here is you're, you're flipping the emphasis to sort of say, okay, what's easiest for my audience in terms of understanding, in terms of enjoyment, you know, maybe even inspiration. And you've got to put some effort into it. That's just mm -hmm. how it works, right? So I don't know. Is there anything in life that is just dead easy and, and has an amazing impact? Oh, nothing springs to mind. <laughs> but I heard, I heard a, um, uh, a comment, I'm sorry, a, a phrase a, a while back yeah. where somebody was talking about lazy journalism. Right. Um, when you kind of just sit there and write stuff and you go, don't, don't go and do the work gotcha. to, to get the story. Yeah. Uh, lazy journalism. And I'm thinking, wow, lazy communication. We are so guilty of that in business along yes. exactly the lines that you were just talking. Yeah. 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 It's a it's combination easy. of lazy communication and also habits, bad habits, which used to be a band that I loved actually way back when. Bad habits. Go on. What's what name a song? Scar. Oh, they were a scar band. You know. Oh, okay, cool. That's that's why I don't. Uh, I didn't yeah, immediately they, go. They oh. sort of in that two tone era of the nineteen eighties. Anyway, we should wrap up. We're getting into uh, trivia now, but um, thanks everyone for listening to uh, this episode of Anecdotally Speaking. And yeah, tune in next week for yet another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally speaking, was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio.